Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls, it does the same things for the adults in the movement too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. Okay, let's get started with an introduction. So who are you? Where are you from? What council are you most closely affiliated with? And how would you describe your current involvement in Girl Scouts? I'm Susan Eckers from Suffolk County Girl Scout Council, uh, which is on Long Island, New York. I've been a, um, a leader through from brownies through seniors because there was nothing earlier than brownies at that time and once my daughter younger daughter graduated I stayed on not as a troop leader but as part of the team and now at this point I sort of consider myself a leader of leaders I'm the one who reminds them what it was like before you know what led up to this like we're coming up to uh, Girl Scout Sunday and I just reminded a group that Girl Scout Sunday was part of Girl Scout week which was the celebration of the start of Girl Scouts and uh, I also on another tack uh, when it comes to gathering health forms at the beginning of the year I remind them, get the leaders' health forms also, that um, they can be needed. For example, we took our senior Girl Scouts on a trip to St. Thomas St. John, and one of the leaders went on a scuba dive with another one, while the third leader and I watched the eight girls. Well, she had an accident. And we needed to, luckily we had a health form on her. So it's, it's not always the kids that get hurt. And advice. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, that's good advice. Yeah, so I have the, that kind of advice for the uh, leaders that are coming in. And, you know, other things. About five years ago, I started a fun fact at the end of the meeting. Uh, first, it was quotes from Juliet Lowe. Then it was things, uh, mileposts my, in our council. Now I'm trying to do some of the um, situations that uh, Juliet has gotten herself into, such as the story of her wanting to go across on a log, across a little stream, and she was a little bit afraid to do it alone, so there was a young man standing there, and she encouraged him to take her. Now, she would often override uh, many people's questions or statements and just have them do things. So she finally got the young man to lead her across the, the uh, log. 
And she turned to him and said, now what did you want to tell me? And he said, a blind. And of course, uh, I usually get a reaction of everybody laughing and discussing that. But that was <laughs> yeah. typical of Juliet Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> yes. So how long have you been involved with Girl Scouts? And what does Girl Scouts mean to you? Uh, I think it's about 38 or 9 years as an adult and probably another 10 years as a girl. And what does Girl Scout mean to me? Oh, it's a number of things. It's my fa another family. Um, they, they take care of me. They kind of use me as, as their little historian, which I am. And I'm part of the team. And again, it's the, the sort of thing that we have a leader-daughter event at the end of the year where we give the leaders their awards and recognitions. And we were having this big dinner. So I was able to remind them about how it started and that we didn't always have to try to better the year before. We can go back to the beginning when it was basically the awards a little entertainment for the keep the girls satisfied and uh, a uh, ice cream type of thing. So we've done that. And I see that as part of my reason for being there. You know, you don't always have to better. Uh, that just reminded me, another thing I tell the leaders is if the girls are not doing it, doing their craft perfectly, don't get in there and help them. Let them do what they can, maybe tweak it a little bit, but don't do it for them. And also, if they're doing a project, maybe as a group, and it's not working out, let them go ahead and fail. This is what life is all about. They need to learn how to take a failure and turn it into something useful so that the next time they'll succeed and not to just quit if it doesn't work out. And I feel that's an important thing that we can teach these girls. What else? Um, that's a lot of what I do now. Uh, we, as I said to you, I've been to a number of national events. I've gone to national trainings. I'm part of the historic history committee of our council. In fact, for a long time, I was the head of it, the chair. But now that I go to Florida for the winter, I felt it wasn't fair to everybody for the chair to be out of town. So I offered to step back as chair and let them get somebody else. But I would stay as his, the historian for the council. And that's what we did. And it's working out very well. So what made you decide to start learning more about Girl Scout history? And, and why do you think Girl Scout history is important? Um, it, there wasn't a conscious decision to make to learn about Girl Scout history. It was just that, one, I'd been in for so long, and I am the history. 
I've lived it and, and a lot of life's history also. Um, I'm now 76, so I've been a while. Doesn't sound like me. Um, so I, I often get this, uh, uh, and take a breath when they say something was historical and it was in the 60s or 70s, which is when I was a young adult. Yeah. And my husband and I like to collect things. So I kind of found myself being pulled toward Girl Scout things. I mean, some I had. They were mine or they were my daughter's. And it was just an offshoot of what was going on. And I'm also involved in his history in the town level, you know, uh, our local town historical society. And we have a lighthouse near us, and I'm also working with that. So I, I just am surrounded by history. It's, it's a love of mine. And um, so I started collecting, and I heard, I heard something about uh, wanting to know what was going on earlier in Girl Scouts, and I offered to make a display, and I was appointed to the council's history uh, group at that time. And that was a good number of years ago, and we've been struggling. Uh, we don't have a space of our own. And, uh, but we do have a committee, and we are there. We do have a collection, quite a nice collection. And uh, that's how I got into being a historian for the Girl Scouts of Suffolk County. And my husband also backs me up. It was funny. He, he's one who always offers suggestions. So I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And he says, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I said, because, because, because I said, finally, I said, you know, I think it would be a good thing if you were on the committee. And so I put him on the committee. <laughs> and he's been a godsend. And for a while, National was having special trainings for historical committees, people. And I took him along with me to one of those. And he, he was quite well accepted among the ladies. And uh, now they've changed the emphasis of the training, so we haven't been going as much. But uh, he's still an active life member. And I am also a life member. Me too. <laughs> so what is your favorite Girl Scout tradition? And that could be past or present or both. I don't know that I have a favorite. I, um, I like wearing the uniform and I wish we could get the girls to be more uniform. After all, uni is one and form is the shape of things. So even if they don't wear the official uniform, if they just all dressed alike, it really looks nice. And well, that's another thing I do for, the, for the, our uh, service units. I think some, some councils call them neighborhoods. They, um, I have what we call fun with flags, and I go over a little bit of the history of flags, and then we 
practice marching with a flag. And then I have a flag and we learn how to fold it if we're taking it down from a flagpole and how to honor the flag. And that, of course, I guess is a tradition too. Definitely. Um, uh, flag ceremonies. I mentioned before a trip to the Virgin Islands. Uh, when my daughter was in seniors, there were three leaders. And we had a group of about 20 girls from about five different schools and two counties. One girl went to school in Nassau County, but she lived in Suffolk in our service unit. So we, um, we decided about take about four years and prepare for this trip to the Virgin Islands where we would camp on the island of St. John, which had a federal camp uh, as well as federal uh, parklands. And we did everything we could think of. Uh, we even got permission to have a savings account because it would take quite a bit of money to take these girls on a plane to the islands. So we ran um, spaghetti dinner, we had car washes. One of the ladies had a table where she sold items for uh, the Christmas holidays and we made some things and she sold them for us so we got some money that way and at that time one of the supermarkets was giving you a percentage of money based on what you spent and you just had to save your receipts so we were able to get quite a bit of money that way and of course there's always cookies we were selling cookies well into june and maybe even july and we made it, but we were short about $50 a girl. So we asked the families to put that in, which they did. But by the time we were getting ready to go, a lot of the girls had dropped out of Girl Scouts. Some had other things to do that they wanted to do more. We ended up with seven girls from the troop. Now, I mentioned before that we took eight. Well, we needed eight to fulfill our requirement for transportation and for uh, uh, group rates. My younger daughter had been helping us out. So one of the other troop leaders suggested that she come with us and that she pay a certain amount, not the full amount because she had help with the fundraising. And she was the eighth girl. She's, well, one of our troop members, and my younger daughter were the same age for two months. And everybody knew her, so they knew they would get along with her. So she came. And we had a fantastic time. And we met with a troop that was down there. And we did some, you know, exchanging and some uh, songs and things. And then we came home, minus three people who stayed on St. Thomas with the injured woman. That was quite a trip. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing experience, I'm sure. 
Oh, yes, it was fantastic. One, one of the girls, I think, had well, my two daughters had never flown before. This was their first trip on a plane. That's so fantastic. And you said um, your older daughter was a senior in Girl Scouting at the time. Which, yes. What, what grade was she? Um, well, let's see. I think she was a junior because they were taking driver's ed and they can get their license at 16. Okay. So she would have been a junior in high school. And the little one, I think, was either a sixth or seventh grader. That's amazing. That's so, uh, yeah. It for was you and them. Excuse me? That's quite an experience for you and them. Yes. Well, that's one of the reasons I've stayed in Girl Scouts. It was at the time of the 75th anniversary, I was at some sort of a function, a reunion function. And I got the feeling that this was where I belonged. I really felt comfortable with these women. And I decided I was staying. In fact, at one point when uh, my older daughter was in seventh grade and the girls were quitting left and right because they had just come from the elementary school and getting involved in the junior high, my daughter says to me, Mom, what would you do if I quit? I said, nothing different. I'd go on as a leader and you would do what you wanted. P.S. She didn't quit. <laughs> and um, you, asked me, you asked me about a tradition before. Yeah. I think I'd have to say the singing around the campfire. I loved that. Not that I can sing, but I just loved it. And I really feel... I, song? Do I have a favorite song? No. I just like whatever that is being sung. In fact, I, uh, when I drove the girls somewhere, I encouraged them, pushed them to sing as we went along. It was to help pass the time and keep them from getting antsy or arguing. And it worked. But now our requirements are different so that... Um, can't get a really get a good group except on a bus. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's a shame that in today's world we've had to uh, change the way we do things because a lot has been lost, such as being able to get uh, four or five girls into your car and sing as you go someplace. Or... Um, have them learn how to use a knife. And when I was a Girl Scout, and even I think when my older daughter was, we were given knives at about fifth grade or uh, junior level, intermediate level back then. And we would be taught how to use a knife safely. And the same thing with an ax when you went to camp. How do you use it safely? And they don't do that anymore. So what can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess maybe there are some areas or some troops that do. But, yeah, that's been really, really lessened for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what is one of your proudest moments in uh, being a Girl Scout volunteer? It's very hard. 
because there's so much to be proud of, uh, both for myself and my daughters and my troop daughters. Uh, one of the most proudest moments, I think, was when my daughter and one of the troop member got the silver award. We had uh, a big discussion with my in-laws because my daughter had invited them to the ceremony and they said, yes, they would come. And later they had something else that they needed to do. So we had quite a turnabout. They ended up coming. And it was the whole area, not just the troop. And we had dignitaries come in to honor the girls. And when we got finished, my mother-in-law said to me, I didn't realize that was such a big deal. I thought it was just another little troop award ceremony, but they were very glad they had come. I'm glad they came. Wow, that's really good experience. Um, I'm glad for your daughter that they were there, but also I think it's good to just keep on spreading the word. Even today, I think like so many people just don't realize how much the girls are accomplishing and um, what Girl Scouts do. Yeah, we had, I had a discussion about two or three weeks. No, it's got to be longer ago than that because I was still up north. Probably sometime in December, early December, late November, when the cookies were starting to be talked about. And I was somewhere where we were saying that young people today don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to figure out change and that sort of stuff. So I piped up, well, that's why they, one of the reasons they sell Girl Scout cookies. It's a training, a financial training for them to learn how to handle money and plan what they're going to do with the money and how to take orders and deliver goods. So these people had never realized that there was more than just raising funds for Girl Scout activities involved in selling cookies. Yeah, definitely. And even if they do think about it that far, they don't really know what Girl Scouts do outside of cookies and maybe camping. Like I think the high awards especially are such good examples of the amazing things girls can do in Girl Scouts. It was interesting because my older daughter went from silver, which was the first one, and then she got her gold. Now I have a younger daughter she stayed in through seniors until she graduated from high school, but she never wanted any of the awards. She just wanted to help out where she could. Huh. So I let her. I didn't push her. I let her. That's good. When, when my older daughter went off to college, I heard other mothers saying that their daughters weren't happy. They were having a hard time adjusting. They wanted to come home. My daughters took to it like a fish in water. They loved it. And I felt part of that was the training that they got as a Girl Scout. You know, being independent. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, um, and you kind of alluded to this earlier too, is as much as it's amazing how much the girls are growing and how much the girls are impacted, um, the organization really shapes adults, too. And so I'm really curious if you could describe at least one way that you personally have been impacted or changed from volunteering with Girl Scouts. Oh, definitely. And that's, I feel very strongly about that, actually. I came into Girl Scouting 
I was very meek. I didn't have much confidence in myself. As an adult, you know, uh, at one point I would have become uh, a coordinator, but I didn't feel I could do the job. So I didn't. And now I am a big advocate. I talk to the head honchos. I have been into the city. Uh, I've gone to the trainings. And I just, some, in some ways, it's not something I can actually touch, but I have definitely grown for myself. And I encourage leaders to come in, not just for their girls, but for themselves. Like I got what, two jobs actually because I was a Girl Scout. One was for uh, an outdoor restoration village where it was set in like the 18, mid 1800s. And there was a lot of um, cooking over open fires. Well, Girl Scouts had taught me how to cook over an open fire. And I was hired for the job and put into the house that was where they were doing the cooking. So that was one because of my Girl Scouting. Another job I got as an assistant bookkeeper was for a business where the owner was very much into volunteer volunteering and worked very closely with one of the uh, Ronald McDonald houses associated with hospitals. And when she saw I was a Girl Scout, she was positively influenced by that. And also the training that you get to be a leader and organizing things also will help you get a job in uh, a higher level, like a management, more like a management level, after your experience managing a troop. So it definitely is as much for adults as it is for girls. And I can't even say one, is more, one level is more important than the other because they're both important. Um, we had a patrol. Actually, we sent two patrols to Washington, D.C. for the 75th anniversary. And we spent like two or three days down there. We went by bus because we joined with the neighboring council, Nassau County, who also sent two patrols. We had enough people to actually rent a bus. And so we went down with this rented bus. It was a school bus. And we get into D.C. and we start going around and meeting. I mean, everywhere you looked was green and blue, everywhere. And I guess it was just green because that's where they in introduced the blue uniforms. And we met this other troop. And they wanted to swap with us. And we all looked at each other and the leaders, and we didn't have swaps. So as good Girl Scouts, they gave us something anyway. And I personally sat down that evening and took paper and drew a little picture of the, our Long Island and marked where the council would be and put my information that I wanted on it. And I would trade that. I was swapping that. And people were very happy with it. And I don't know, I don't remember what the others did, but we, we collected a few swaps. And we made sure that from then on, anything we went on, we did swaps. 
about 25 years later, it's the 100th anniversary. And now they're having the sing-alongs in Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm getting ready to go, and there are some women from my service unit that are going. And I told them to make swaps. I said, we're not going to swap. The kids don't want to swap. Make swaps. Take them. Even if you don't use them, just take them. Well, these leaders, especially one of them, are now avid swap collectors. They don't go anywhere without their swaps. And this was adults that I, I encouraged into it. One of the daughters really didn't get into it, but the mom did. <laughs> it's such an easy way to connect with other people when you're at a big event with a bunch of people you don't know that are all part of the community. It's such an easy way to make that connection and to come together. And I think like some people are really good at just meeting people and, and interacting in yeah. conversations, but some people are not comfortable with that. It's out of their comfort zone. And I think especially for kids, um, that's the case, but adults too. And so I think swaps is like a quick, easy way to yes. just, you have something that's common ground to start talking about. Right. Now, after one, after our first convention, which was in Long Beach, California, we took another week and we rented a car and we went up to the uh, Napa Valley. And on the way up, we came into Reno, I think it was. The capital of Nevada, whichever that is, I don't remember. But it was the Nevada Day. And as we came in, there was a parade. So I made my husband stop. It was very different from what we have on Long Island because they had real Indians, they had Eastern Indians, and they had the Coast Guard because of, it was Tahoe. It was near Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. Um, I think it was Carson City, actually, is the capital. So we stayed and we watched it for two and a half hours. And they had some Girl Scouts marching, as well as Boy Scouts. And of course, after they finished marching, they would come back to be with their families. And one of them was right by us. So I gave her a swap and she was thrilled. And that was just one little girl. So you can use them anywhere. And you have, sometimes you have to explain what it is and why. But that's all part of being a Girl Scout. Yeah, so speaking of which, we have some pretty new volunteers who listen to this podcast. Um, some people who have just started troops as soon as January, like this year. Okay. So um, you, would you mind taking a minute and explaining what swaps are and why they matter? Oh, of course not. I would love to. Swaps are things that you make or get, preferably make, and you put a pin on it and you make a whole bunch identical. And when you come someplace where they say there's another troop, they've done the same thing, but their swaps are different from yours. So you trade or swap. Uh, nobody really knows where the term swap came from. 
it's written in all capitals, so it's like an abbreviation. And different people have different ideas of what SWAP stands for. Uh, I don't remember one of them right now. It came out of a event that would get the girls from all different troops together at one of our national centers. And uh, there was one out in Wisconsin, I believe, or Wyoming. And that was Indian, American Indian country. And they did something called potlatches, which were basically the forerunners of swaps. And how do I know this? Well, we got some mementos and collections from girls who had been to that roundup, is what it was called. And so I was able to see that they called them potlucks. So you do this, every girl in the troop makes a different one, hopefully, or some variation of it. Because otherwise, you're going to swap with one person and they're going to get eight or nine of the same thing. They really want different ones. But the rule is you really don't say, no, I don't want to swap. You swap. Um, on occasion, when I've come across a troop of, say, 20 girls, and I really don't have enough to swap with them, I will stop and I say, you know what? I think we should stop. You're going to meet many, many more people that you're going to want to swap with. So you need to save some of your swaps for that. So I hadn't really said no, but I've ended the swapping with this one troop. And really, they do need to save them for other people. So uh, that's one way I handle that. But, and you have to impress upon your girls that you don't say no. You, somebody asks you to swap, you swap. Uh, sometimes you may give them a swap that you got but you try not to do that. And when I was a kid, we always said swap was something with a pin, but I've heard a lot more often lately, special whatchamacallits affectionately pinned somewhere. Yes. And they could both be true or it could be something entirely different. We don't know. Nobody has documented. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more of them. Yeah. Nobody has documented the first ones other than the potlucks. So uh, that's it. Now, these women that I was telling you about before who liked swapping so well, we've started a thing in our service unit where we have a swap night. And looking back on it uh, about the second or third year, I said, you know, this is the only activity that I can think of where you have pixies to ambassadors all participating in it. The older girls generally run tables so that they'll, they'll make four or five uh, swaps right there, not to swap but to keep. And they'll bring in swaps to swap with the other girls. And they have a lovely night. They really enjoy it. They, the troops bring something for the snack table. And they have a visit by Juliet Lowe. The first year, she, hand, she handed out swaps.
She didn't take any, she just handed them out. Juliet Lowe was me, and I'd been to so many conventions, I was being taken over by swaps. So this was a way for me to pass them on. Now, if I have swaps, I will give them out, but I'm also in charge of giving out the patches for the event, the swap event. And we generally, as a service unit, make our own, have our own made up for the swap. So that's something that we do, and it's still, we're doing it four or five years now, it's still a very well-attended event. And as I said, it's something good that the whole service unit from kindergarten on up can get involved in. And so that, that's the story of swaps as I see it. So why do you think that it is important for us to preserve Girl Scout history? And why should girls and current volunteers care about the history of Girl Scouts? Because it explains why we do things. It makes it easier to uh, keep in line with those things. It helps to widen the experience for the girls and adults sometimes. If you hear that another troop went to the Virgin Islands, well, you might start thinking about saving for a more... Um, larger type of undertaking, such as going to Europe, which one troop did, or going someplace else. And we have the uh, Girl Scout centers in India, England, and Mexico. And sometimes a troop will go to there, there, but they have to be prepared for it. So they have to know what to do. And you find out what to do by finding out what went before. Also, um, some people just like history and like knowing what went before. And sometimes uh, you can learn a lot. Like when I do this little fun facts, they learn about what went before. And sometimes I will come up with the fact that for the first year of the existence after Juliet Lowe got the girls together, they weren't the Girl Scouts. They were known as Girl Guides. And after about a year, they decided to get um, a name that was more identified with America rather than England. So since about 1913, we've been known as Girl Scouts. And, you know, without looking at the history, you don't know these things. And if you don't look at the history and you go back and looking at the un uniforms, you realize that Girl Scouts were not always green even though we think of it that way today. But the original uniforms were blue. And sometimes we'll do, uh, the council will do a uh, annual report by comparing what we have today with what we had before to see how we've grown. And in that case, they tend to use the older uniforms and they'll compare them to what the uniforms are like today and what they were doing in those earlier uniforms. So yes, history is important. You know, they say history repeats itself. And like I said in the, uh, with the leader-daughter dinner, we had to know how we started to realize that 
we didn't always have to have this tremendously intricate event that we could go back and be simple, which we did. So what is one of your favorite Juliet Lowe stories? I know you shared the, um, the story with the crossing the log, but <laughs> I'm sure you have several. I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> um, well, I guess not everybody knows how she became deaf. Probably they know that she was uh, quite hard of hearing. When she was a little girl, she um, had an ear infection. I guess she wasn't so little, but she insisted that they use a particular type of medicine which destroyed her eardrum. So she was deaf in that ear. When she got married, they threw rice, one of the pieces of rice lodged in her ear and in trying to get it out, they damaged, they damaged the eardrum. So she lost much of her hearing in that ear. So um, she, uh, she was deaf and she'd use her deafness to her advantage. She'd look at somebody and say, oh, you would make such a good Girl Scout leader. And they said, no, 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 I can't do that. Oh, you would be, I'll, I'll sign you up right now. No, no, I'm not gonna do it. I have eight girls waiting for you. They meet on Friday night, be there. And she'd walk away. <laughs> she would pretend or she would never hear the woman's uh, replies. And that's, that, that was Juliet. That's how she operated. And it worked very well for them. That's so funny. I guess that's another Juliet story. Yeah, that's good. Um, so <clears throat> you mentioned that you were also a Girl Scout yourself growing up. And yes. what, what are some of your memories or what's a, a specific standout memory for you from your childhood in Girl Scouts? Well, I have a couple of them. Um, I loved Girl Scout camp. I went for two summers. And at that time, it was two weeks. And you stayed for two weeks, not a couple of days. And it was an overnight. And we didn't have um, sleeping bags. So we, made, we learned how to make bedrolls, which is using sheets and a blanket. And we would interlace them so that you could crawl into them like a sleeping bag. Um, <clears throat> then when I was a senior, I was a Mariner Scout. And I went for two weeks to Mariner Scout camping. And this is sort of a negative remembrance but I remember being out in the rain collecting wood for our fires. And I hated it. I hated being out in the rain. But of course, like they say, the sun came out and then I was all happy again. And we learned how to sail uh, a small, what they call a sloop, a one-masted uh, sailboat, as well as doing other activities in the camp. And I. That is really, that two weeks is really a great time for me, despite having to collect firewood in the rain. 
And unfortunately, when I graduated from high school, I did not realize that there were Girl Scout opportunities beyond that. So I was no longer a Girl Scout until I had my own daughter. I'm very lucky that I had daughters that I could go into Girl Scouts. And we definitely became a Girl Scout family. And what made you decide to um, get your daughters involved with Girl Scouts as well? I didn't. Uh, she could have started, my older daughter could have started Girl Scouts in the first grade, and she didn't want to. It wasn't until the second grade that she came to me and said, I want to be a Girl Scout. And I told the school organizer this, who happened to be a neighbor, and she put me right in as a leader, teamed me up with somebody else, and we had a first and second grade troop. When my younger daughter was in kindergarten, they were just piloting the uh, daisies. They called them pixies at that time, and we made a little um, pinny, uh, like a vest-type thing out of orange checkered material as their uniform. And this goes back to the fact that, you know, anything can be a uniform as long as the whole group is wearing the same thing. So she became a, days, uh, a pixie in January. They started it. They started them off, and it's grown now to where it's a full year, a two-year program. But uh, she was tagging along with her older sister, so she, there was no question she wanted to be a Girl Scout. So I never had to uh, push them into it. They wanted it. And I felt for some, some of the girls, because their parents did force them to be Girl Scouts, even beyond the times that they wanted to, and they became rather difficult, but not just for her, their parent, but for the troop also. But of course, uh, we do know that the leader's daughters do get an extra bit of um, attention, not in the troop, but in when they can't get, we can't get anybody else, our kids are pulled in to do things or spur of the moment, our kids are asked to do it, or to help with this, or to help with that. And that's part of the reasoning behind our leader-daughter event in the spring. It's kind of a thank you to the leader's daughters for all the extra work they've done as a leader's daughter. That's awesome. Um, okay, so we are coming up on time. So I want to ask you one major question and then anything else that you want to share before we so um, if people who are listening want to learn more about Girl Scout history, what is a good resource or some good resources they should check out? Well, find out if there's a history committee in their own uh, council. Many of them do have them. And some of them are quite um, complicated. They'll have a room, they'll have a program, and they'll be very active. Um, you can go on the web and research Girl Scout history that way. There's, I believe there's something from National on Girl Scout history, and a lot of places have timelines. 
and uh, you can get started that way. There are also a number of books written about Juliet Lowe, both on the adult and the child level, and you can probably get those from your library or your interloan system, where you can order them. Um, and they will tell you a lot about the history of Girl Scouting focused around Juliet Lowe. That's awesome, thank you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted a chance to take a chance to share with anyone listening while you are still? No, I think we've about covered it all. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on here. I really appreciate it. You shared so much, so many awesome stories, but also some awesome wisdom and a lot of traditions and history that I think just really enriches the experience. And I really think listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So thank you so, so much. For You're welcome. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.